Welcome friends to Infertility and Me podcast, a safe space created with the silent sufferer in mind. I Am Podcast is dedicated to infertility advocacy and sharing diverse stories to help you feel validated, seen, and heard. I am your host, Monique Farouk, and I am one in eight two. Healing is best when done together. Hey friend, could you please do me the honor of leaving a five-star rating and review in Apple iTunes? This will increase our show's ranking and reach more friends who may be silently suffering with infertility too. We're stronger together, staying connected, getting plugged in. she navigated 
her insurance and coverage and financial assistance with fertility treatments. She's had a she had a long journey uh, about eight years or so, and this information is going to be so useful for those of you who are maybe military wives and or military yourself. And then also, she is a big advocate for navigating infertility with PTSD, which she herself has been through and still. And then we also speak about how to handle family members who are not as open to assisted reproductive treatment. So thank you, friends, for tuning in to Infertility and Me podcast. I appreciate you guys so much. If you're new here, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that you will return again to hear more stories of inspiration, more informative stories, and just connection and community. And you guys know you can follow me at Infertility and Me Podcast on Instagram. And my website is infertilityandmepodcast.com. Thank you, friends. Alrighty, friends, we're back with my girl. And she's going to give us a little bit of details about how her and her spouse got together. So thank you, love, so much for being a part of the podcast today and sharing your story and you're basically going to be giving us a wealth of knowledge about how to navigate the VA system as well, too. Oh, yes. <laughs> I know oh, you yes. got a lot to get up your chest about <laughs> that, don't you? <laughs> when we were talking to DMs, I was like, oh, I got to get her on because she's got she's got to get this out. Got to get it out. So, dear, how did you meet your spouse? So me and the hubby met when I was had just re, I had just moved to North Carolina mm-hmm. and I had broken up with a longtime boyfriend that long story short it became a long distance relationship and then I moved out here for him found out he was cheating on me and then broke up with him and then kind of then I met my husband for, literally on match.com and I was just seeing I just wanted like somebody to have like go out and have a good time with yeah and it was just something about him when I saw him like I need to reach out to this guy and we ended up we ended up hitting it off completely Mm -hmm. like it Mm -hmm. was like we were just like made for each other as corny as it sounds Mm -hmm. like we're both huge nerds when it comes to like Game of Thrones and um we, we used to be computer gamers mm-hmm. like we used to play like world of warcraft together and um he still games i don't anymore because yeah. we've got our kiddo now and mm-hmm. he kind of takes a little bit much more time to a little bit more time away from the gaming aspect unfortunately but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so we've been we've been together for about eight years mm-hmm. um married for it'll be five in march believe it or not wow time flies doesn't it yes time it does when you're having fun <laughs> it, it does it does like my husband said it best he's like i'm going i'm going to blink and be a grandfather <laughs> i know i know it's just so crazy so how how old is you guys this little one he is almost, he'll be two here pretty oh. soon. And it's just like, like kids, you're like, where's time going? Can like time slow down, please? Right. Like, like I can't, I don't even feel like I got to enjoy him while he was like a baby. And <laughs> yeah, uh, I say that, I say the same thing to myself uh, all the time with our son. So I totally get it. So what was it like going, getting your diagnosis um, before you conceived your son? So, um, 
it was, I felt like it was finally like an answer to my problems. Um, so he was, so my son is, I call him my against up, my against all odds kid. Cause he's truly, you, I look at him and I still like, I still think like, how the hell are you on this planet? Mm-hmm. because we had like a 5% chance of conceiving naturally and we were start we were actually preparing for IVF when I got ended up getting pregnant with him. Wow. So wow. so he pretty much canceled our first IVF cycle for a good reason. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. thankful he's I'm extremely thankful he's here and he's just been like such an incredible breath of like light, like light. He's literally the light of my life. Yes. Yeah, such a blessing. So what was your um, diagnosis like? So in 2009, I was active duty at the time. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Mm-hmm. Um, thought that I had like, I was suffering from sleep apnea. My doctor at the time said, no, let's, okay, let's do the sleep study, but I want to do a blood test on you. I think it's your thyroid. Mm-hmm. And pretty much he was on the money because my thyroid came back like it had like, shit my thyroid had shit the bed pretty much and wow. ended up being put on having to be put on um replace hormone replacement medications and after that it was kind of like done deal we're not investigating it anymore mm. so i was fast forward a couple of years i was medically retired out of the military and thank you to ptsd and a traumatic ankle injury wow. um so I got, so I got out, they gave me medical disability uh, from the VA and from the military as well. So I get, so I pretty much get all the perks of a 20 year retiree, Mm -hmm. except I don't get the pay. Got you. Okay. I got you. (laughs) So it's kind of like, it's like the two things you're like, y'all are keeping like a thousand dollars. I could be earning a month right now on top of my. VA disability check, but that's my grief. That's my grief with the government right now. Um, or one many griefs. Um, (laughs) so I've always had issues with heavy periods and horrible cramping, but they've always like doctors have always said, Oh, just put on junk birth control or whatnot. That'll help you. Mm -hmm. And just called it, just called it good. But every time I'd go off of birth control, my periods would go back to being just agonizing and I Mm. was always like there's something wrong with me I've always had the feeling that something was wrong with me um so what I so what I end up doing after my after my son was um after my son was about to turn before his first birthday me and my Mm -hmm. husband talked about it and said yeah we do want another kid but we don't have the time we don't have the three years to burn up like it that it took to put my son on this planet. (laughs) So, um, I wanted to try things a little bit holistically, so to speak. So I got involved with a, uh, NAPRO doctor, which is, uh, abbreviation for the natural, uh, natural, um, procreative technology. Um, that's local to me. She's no longer in practice anymore. Um, I feel moot about that. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of things are coming yeah, up. Yeah. Um, 
So she agreed to do the surgery on me to find mm-hmm. out what was wrong, but I had to agree to for like to do four cycles with her in in order because she felt that I could get pregnant easily okay. in her eyes after the surgery. I she said I just need quote unquote help from them. Mm-hmm. So um, laparoscopy revealed that I had stage two, three, and this is exactly what she called it, stage two, three endometriosis. It was all over my ovary, mm-hmm. my left ovary, and she removed it apparently, which I'm reading now from like Dr. Vidali's pages that that should not have been done. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. great. Right. <laughs> We're about to find out how much this uh, impact like compromised my eggs so we thought I thought everything she was like telling me like oh yeah everything was good um she did find possible adenomyosis which is where the endometrium infiltrates into the muscular lining of your uterus and it's incredibly excruciating it's you get really heavy periods from it um she they unfortunately they cannot diagnose you with it Unless you, they do a hysterectomy on you. So that was kind of what, how you call it? Uh, Devastating. Well, it would have been like counterproductive for me to do a hysterectomy since I still need my uterus. Right, right, right. So, um, so she um, she also said I had a two a paratubal cyst on my my right fallopian tube. Didn't remove it, though, because she said my tubes are fine. I'm still kind of salty about that. Because um, my RE's talk, that's one of the many things my RE's talking about getting out before our frozen embryo transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I recovered fine from it. My periods were better. She did had me do the whole um, letrozole hcg trigger and then supportive mm-hmm. progesterone afterwards and i was monitored i was pretty much treated like i was undergoing a fertility treatment gotcha. cycle where they had like constant mo- like constant ultrasound monitoring i had to like track my cervical mucus and i was t- pretty much instructed like okay you need to have sex on this week and mm-hmm. nothing but this week mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh my gosh this is gonna be too tight this is gonna be too much yeah and so I said, well, we both said, like, okay, we'll just give it a shot. Insurance is going to cover it. So this would be a very, like, inexpensive way of going about it. Um, unfortunately, when we were supposed to start, that's when COVID hit in March. And the clinic had to shut down their fertility side of the house. They kept their seeing their um, pregnant patients, but they said pretty much if you're a fertility patient there, no dice until uh, ASRM gave the all clear. Okay. So that was kind of frustrating. And right when ASRM, right, right when they over, opened back up, I was like, okay, I just started my period. Can we go ahead and start this up? And that's when they got me. They pretty much did. They got, we got, were able to complete that month and actually get that counted towards the four, to the four cycles I agreed to. Okay. Um, all of them were negative, but I 
had that feeling that I was hitting my head against the wall anyways, like after the last, like after the first two, I got kind of feeling like, okay, this is starting to feel old feelings are coming back. I feel like I was just spinning my wheels. And then she would say, my doctor would say, oh, well, let's like at our fourth round, she said, Mm -hmm. okay, well, it seems like the Femera isn't working. So let's move you to men up here. I was really not comfortable with that and because I was like, well, if I'm going to use menopure, then I just might as well just do IVF. Yeah, yeah. And I consulted my regular OBGYN about it, who really, um, he's, he treats you like a human and he's been through like the week, like, so to speak, the trenches with me with mm-hmm. both my postpartum anxiety and my postpartum PT and my PTSD getting flared up by my postpartum experiences. Um, son was in the NICU for three days and it was pretty uh, traumatizing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm a so, too, so I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, um, so he, I asked for his medical opinion about it when I was have when I was getting my, um, annual done well not my annual but I was having a checkup done and he said Sarah that's how the Octomom came to existence mm. was through Manicure mm. that's what he told me but I was corrected by my RE about the real how the Octomom came to fruition but <laughs> that was enough to like that was enough to like sit and like okay well maybe it's time to close this this chapter of our lives and move on to trying to get a little bit more science involved. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, I was re- the main reason, one of the reasons why I was going through NAPRO is because my parents are very, very devout Catholics and mm-hmm. they are very, um, they use that as an excuse for their narrow mind mindedness when it comes to anything dealing with assisted reproductive technologies, they mm-hmm. feel as it's an abomination right. against God. Things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Very conservative thinking. Um, he's like, my dad's so conservative. He just, he's starting to alienate his entire side of the family. Wow. <laughs> wow. You know, that is, so, it's not that uncommon though either. So yeah. I'm yeah. like, I've been, I've, I'm finding solace in knowing that I'm not alone in that. Yeah. situation yeah. as sad as it is it's I'm not I'm finding solace in it um so I kind of wanted their blessing on it but yeah. I realized really quickly that my mother I felt like she did if she did care she did not re- relay it to me very effectively to make it feel like I was cared about okay um so I opened her up to her about my endometriosis and it felt like she was very um, cold about it. Mm. So I was just like, you know what? Did she not give like, you a response at all? Well, she just, its it was a very like, it was like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay, okay, okay. 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 And I was like, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is not. I got more response out of her when she, um, when I had to get another ankle surgery done. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was kind of so, like trying to like um, brush it under the rug or act like you didn't say what you just said. And okay, we're just going to move on from here. Like, let's 
like how like how dare you bring up about the flaws of your reproductive life is how I felt with about like how mm. I felt her response was mm. so how did um, that affect you emotionally like when you because I know you wanted support for it to be able to vent and have conversations and have women have, conversations you know I've had uh, let's just say it's taken me a lot of therapy sessions to get where I am right now I had a very, I had an amazing therapist that pretty much that I could like call her up, like text message her in the middle of the night and she would be like, okay, what, what did we, and just like reminded me like, what did we practice over the last week or Mm -hmm. whatnot? Or it's like reminding me to use my meditations or how doing my self-talk and whatnot. And just help like help me out with that and know that and try to find like look for the places that you're supported yeah yeah it's the big thing and not dwell on um, the places where you couldn't get what you needed right exactly and yeah. so my whole mindset about it is when telling people if you're not going to be supportive of me then I don't need to mm-hmm. I don't need your advice I don't need your opinions sorry but this yeah, is sorry. this road yeah. This road is fucking, excuse my language, but this road's fucking hard enough to have, get like additional baggage from other people. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, wow. So what happened after your clinic shut down? I think that's where we left off. So, um, they shut down, um, when they reopened in April, I was, it was like right when my period started. So mm-hmm. I was like, I pretty much was like calling them up and be like, can you schedule me in for an ultrasound? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yes. I can definitely totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah. they, so we were able to move forward and get that April cycle in. Um, we continued to hit our heads against the wall um, for about four months after that. And then she decided to switch us up to say, well, let's do Menopure instead. And I was just like, okay, I'm not, if I'm going to do Menopure, then I'm going to go do IVF or IUI. I'm not going (laughs) to, I'm not going to become the next Octomom or whatever Mm -hmm. or whatnot. Like my best friend just got done having twins and... (laughs) through she was a art patient as well and she had a really rough time with her girls and Mm. so I was like yeah I'm not up to having carrying multiples yeah 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 because you still have a little Um, one to take care of too exactly exactly Mm. he needs he needs his mama he needs his mama around and I want to be around as long as I can (laughs) and not feeling drained it's hard to take care of a toddler going through this so it is trying to preserve any bit bit of normalcy and energy because it takes so much energy and emotionally you know so yeah I totally understand why you wouldn't want to go that route for sure so um my husband and I talked it over and decided that we were just going to move forward with IVF we we had looked at it before and we just decided well we did some research and we're looking at CNY and then uh, the other fertility clinic that we were at that's local um, NCCRM. Okay. Um, 
And we were just kind of like going back and forth between those two, just figuring out which one was going to be the best for us to go to. Um, so I was, re I had messaged my friend Kat, who is a VA psychologist and mm -hmm. she's a veteran as well too. She's navigated like the whole system. Like she knows the ins and outs of everything to the medical side of the VA. It's crazy. And mm -hmm. I had opened up to her about our infertility journey and she told me, and then I told her I was looking at going to one of these two clinics and she said, Sarah, the VA covers IVF now. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, what? She's like, yes. She's like, if you're service connected, they will cover your IVF. And I was just like, Okay, how do I get this party started? <laughs> right, yeah, for sure. For sure. So is it everywhere or just where you guys live? So it's nation it's nationwide. Okay. Um so the um rec the the requirements of is you have to be a service connected disabled veteran. Mm -hmm. You have to be married to someone of the opposite gender so they actually require for the female to be able to produce eggs and the male to do produce sperm so that takes and out anybody who has male factor infertility well not male factor infertility uh, one of my friends actually who's uh who's using the va process mm -hmm. her husband has male factor and he's still able to go through the process they just can't you just can't use donor eggs or donor sperm or surrogacy. Got you. And you can't join the LGBTQ plus community. Exactly. And that is, I've got a huge bone to pick with the VA about that. They need to like, I'm thankful that it's, it, they're going somewhere with it, but they need to keep the politics out of it. Like they need to open this up to single moms by choice, like women that yeah. want to be single moms by choice, egg freezing, um, People of yeah. the people of the um, transgendered community, the LGBT, like you said, the LGBTQ community, they need to open that up too. Because hey, you're allowing everybody to join the military now, right. so that can qualify. So yeah, you got to cover them too. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it's just my viewpoint is is that politics really need to get pulled out of it and we need to start caring for our veterans without without a band like without without abandon pretty much yeah yeah i totally agree especially if you if they're allowed to serve yeah doesn't make sense at all and yeah. i'm still i'm still salty about it <laughs> <laughs> so how tell me how it's been um navigating infertility having ptsd um, like I said, my therapist makes a lot of money off of my insurance. <laughs> um, <laughs> I go in about once a week and then I'm also participating through the Wounded Warrior Project. Huge shout out to them. Um, they have an amazing program called the Talk Program. And if you're enrolled in the Wounded War as a Wounded Warrior alumni, you qualify for so many programs there. It's unbelievable. Um, they will set you up with a therapist to talk to you for 20 minutes every week. 
It's just a regular phone conversation. I started doing this back in um, April, I want to say, during the during the middle of COVID. when everything was yeah right right when everything was hitting off because I was just like I was hitting the hitting the wall so to speak. My anxiety was through the roof. I was having to go back to taking my um, Klonopin on a nightly basis so I could at least just get a night, decent night's sleep because I was just so, my anxiety was just through the, through the roof thanks to PTSD. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I do highly recommend any, um, infertility warrior to, um, reach out. If that can be your comforting zone is, reach out to somebody like reach out to a therapist they're like look up with your hook up with your resolve group and find you can easily find a good recommended therapist through there that's how I found mine and she was been she's been incredible but I had to we had to part ways unfortunately thanks to my insurance my employer's insurance switching and they no longer cover telehealth visits with therapists so Wow. So yeah, it's been that's been an adjustment trying to find a new therapist and whatnot, and yeah, that's it's like finding a spouse. Exactly, it's like because you like built this a spouse. Yeah, I cried. I cried at our last appointment because it was just like I was just like when you become emotionally attached, you know that you try. I know. Them. You opened up to them, you know, and it's just like a friend or a spouse or any intimate relationship because she knows things that a lot of people other around you that probably don't know. So, yeah. And she cared, too. She actually had that empathy and concrete mm-hmm. empathy and compassion that you could feel. Yeah. It was, it was palpable. You couldn't. It wasn't just like. Oh, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry that you're going through this. Mm-hmm. and whatnot mm-hmm. and yeah. like that cut and dry like that fake um I know what you mean call it? Yeah. yeah I know what you mean girl yeah 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 well hopefully you can find someone soon and the universe brings someone to you how are you how is your family holding up with COVID and how are you preparing for your upcoming new treatment cycle so um, I actually just picked up my meds from the VA today. So things are definitely starting to get very real now. Yeah. Um, so we made the decision to open up to my in-laws okay. about our, our, IV, our upcoming IVF cycle. They've been very supportive d- thus far about it. Wonderful. Um, with the exception of their few other family members, but I have asked them not to, I have asked my in-laws not to say anything to my parents about it. Mm. Um, just because and I explained to them what was going on and my father-in-law was awesome. He said, well, he's pretty much said the same thing as me. He's like, well, they can't support you. Then they don't need to know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right there with him. Yeah, for sure. So, but he, uh, my sister-in-law had to do IVF for her children and she, so he wasn't, I don't, he wasn't really like brand spanking new to this. He, he seasoned about it. So I think that really helped us out with, with him having like already knowing like what to expect and whatnot. And mm-hmm. 
which have I talked, have you talked to her a little bit about what you're going through and kind of leaned on um, her a little bit? She's very private. Okay. Um, she hasn't been very like open about her journey. Um, so I'm trying to be respectful about that. Like I'll, I'll ask her like little, like pieces of information. Like I asked her like, Oh, do you know where a notary, where I could find a notary or that doesn't cost an arm and a leg like UPS does. And, or I'm just like, just like small, the small stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she, I mean, she's a lot more, acts more, a lot more excited when my husband's talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm not sweating it because either give me your support or get the fuck out of my way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As yeah. I. You got to protect yourself, you know. Oh, well, Exactly. Protect exactly and protect your mental and emotional state too because you still have a whole family at home outside of oh yeah how to start of going to appointments and and having um your body checked and and all those things that come along with preparing for infertility when you had you know diagnoses like yours with the Hashimoto's thyroiditis and, and endometriosis so just got to keep trucking yeah. along can't even can't plus even it's like a hundred and 160 mile round trip from the clinic to my house (laughs) wow 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 yeah all the like this is one thing you have to be careful of when you're using the va to cover Mm. your ivf nope there are not a lot of clinics out there on the eastern seaboard that will accept tri-west wow and i had and i actually unfortunately had to deal with with that because i wanted to go to um this other fertility clinic that's that's closer by that's in the triangle air area mm-hmm. and the other veteran that I've became good friends with uh, she was going there with her husband mm-hmm. and she had posted it in the Facebook group the same Facebook group that we're in that they did not take the VA insurance, which is either like TriWest or Optum. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like saying like, no, they do not take the third party payer for the VA. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? I'm supposed to have an appointment with these people. Wow. Like, what do you mean they don't accept it? So I'm like calling my com- my community care nurse to the VA. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, no, we have a contract with this said medical facility and they take care of all of our veterans and they're supposed to do this and they're i'm like well their billing is telling me no wow Wow. so so i just pretty much um just made my peace with it be like okay well we gotta go for further wait drive out um Car- uh, we're going to be going to Carolina's Fertility mm-hmm. Institute and they have a office. They have like three offices located in um, Charlotte, mm-hmm. Winston-Salem and Greensboro. I'm going okay. to Greensboro because it's closest to me. Right. Still um, so far but away, but close enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's only like it's only, I'm trying to say it's like only like an hour and a half drive and it's really yeah. pre- a pretty drive, too. So I'm trying to a little bit. Yeah. I'm trying to focus on that aspect and be like, okay, this is going to be a relaxing drive. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, but I couldn't ask for a better 
a better team. Everybody's been really, really awesome. Uh, Dr. Galson Kaya and, and my IVF nurse, Crystal, have been all been amazing. And I feel like I've got like a solid, I feel like I finally have my solid team that, mm. that's going to, like, that is going to eventually get me pregnant after we figure out everything that's going on with me. <laughs> So when you guys going to start? Are you going to start right in the new year or are you going to wait till spring? So, um we're going to well, so we're going to do our egg retrievals as soon as possible. Okay. Um which I was told pretty much like after the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm hoping to get at least like one maybe two retrievals in and then get them like PGS tested, all that jazz. And then because I'm, I've got to get a hysteroscopy done at the same time as the egg retrieval. Mm-hmm. And then we want to do an ERA to make sure that my lining is copacetic. Yeah. Yeah. And that there's nothing else going, um, going on that could compromise everything. Cause it's like to prevent miscarriage and all that stuff. Yes. That yes. Cause it's like, yeah. I don't, it's like, I don't want to go through that again. No, like I've no. already d- went through, through through that when in 2006 it's like I don't want to go through that misery again yeah. um because it sucks it yeah. sucks um, and it never leaves you either it stays with no you. it doesn't yeah. it doesn't it's it stays with you like the other day I was thinking like well if that child had survived I would have a 14 year old now yeah mm-hmm. and it's like and it's just like it it's like I just allow myself yeah. to allow myself to grieve it and then like just ride the, like ride the waves of it is the best way I can describe it. Yeah. Cause it never, it never really leaves you. You just learn how to live with it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I got my fingers crossed for you girl and you better keep, you better keep me updated too. Um, oh yeah. On the gram. So to wrap up the conversation, I'm asking everyone, what would you say to infertility if you were standing face to face? I would say two things to it. I would say you're not, you're not stronger than me because I've been through hell in a hat hand basket. And this is going to sound a little weird, but I'm going to say thank you to it because it's made me realize that it's made me open up up with my, it's been reminding me how tenacious I am how about advocate like how I am gung-ho about advocacy and always finding that what resonates with you diagnosis wise because if something I've had it plenty of times where I've had the wrong diagnosis thrown at me and I'm like hold up no wait let's let's check the blood tests on that because I don't have that yeah yeah um and it's just like if I it wasn't dealing with it, I would not be. So I would not be right? the person. Yeah. I would not be the person I am today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's my. That's what I would say to. Mm. Infertility. Well, you, guys, you guys heard it here first. You guys heard it here first. Thank you for making me tenacious. And the uh, first saying that you said was. Oh gosh, I forgot. 
okay. um, advocacy. Yes, and then advocating for yourself. That's a biggie. So, yeah, go ahead, dear. And also, um, if there are any veterans or partners, spouses of veterans um, that are needing help navigating the field of VA approval or trying to find out, find ways to get like grants and whatnot or discounts through um, IVF clinics. Follow me on my Instagram page, Blooming at Hope, uh, uh, Blooming in Hope. It's uh, Blooming in Hope. I'm sorry, I doubled that up. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm always, I'm trying to always post up new things I learn about that I hear through the grapevine for mother veterans, like discount wise. I'm always posting like any grants that are coming open. And another huge um, opportunity that a lot of veterans don't know about is the Viva, Bob Woodruff Foundation Viva grants. Mm -hmm. And those are huge right there because if you get denied by the VA, they'll pick you up. And I've got all that information on my page. Wonderful. And just be sure to, and just reach out to me. I will respond on my Instagram page and guide you the best the way I can mm -hmm. and tell you about my experience with this hellish process. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thank you so much, dear, for being on the show. And thank you for having me, Monique. I really appreciate it. Yeah, sharing your story and sharing all your wisdom, being a veteran and, and, and just being an advocate. And so I appreciate you and I know our friends will appreciate you as well. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to Infertility and Me Podcast. Peace and blessings. If you enjoyed today's episode, friend, take a screenshot and let me know on Instagram and tag Infertility and Me Podcast. You can also reach me at infertilityandmepodcast.com with your questions, comments, and feedback.